0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Are you kidding me? Did you just call in because you wanted to talk to us?
1: <laughs> I feel like we're being punked. Welcome back, Dinner SOS listeners and future callers. I'm Chris Morocco, Food Director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. If it's your first time listening to the show, here's how it works. Each week, one listener brings us a dinner problem. And I'll work with one of our editors or someone from our incredible test kitchen to try and solve it. No problem is too big or too small. And while in the past we've gone maximalist, this week we're going small. Listener Aruna is an incredibly accomplished cook, but she's terrified of deep frying at home. So test kitchen coordinator Inez Anguiano and I are on the case. We'll each give Aruna a recipe, but she can only choose one. (laughs)
0: The plan is so crazy, it just might work.
1: Two solutions, but our caller only needs one. That's this week on Dinner SOS. First up, we hear from Aruna. Like I mentioned, our caller Aruna is actually quite an experienced cook. After a long career in business, she retired and decided to spend her time perfecting her culinary skills. And she didn't take just any old route to do so. She trained at the Cordon Bleu, the famous culinary school in Paris but for all her experience.
2: The one thing that scares me, like you can't believe, is frying in my kitchen. The thought of a big vat of oil getting hotter and hotter and sort of the inability to control the whole situation Mm -hmm. um, really frightens me.
1: Wow, Aruna, are there other tasks that intimidate you in the kitchen? Nope. Wow, breaking down a flatfish, no problem.
2: No problem. Busting up a chicken or a turkey, no problem. What I'd like to do is like feel confident that, you know, I'm not going to explode up my kitchen with this vat of hot oil that's yeah. getting progressively hotter and hotter.
1: It's so interesting to me, you know, rational fears versus irrational fears in life as well as in the kitchen, you know, like I have an irrational fear of sharks, but I love boats, you know what I mean? But you kind of have this like, when I think of, like, dangerous things that feel beyond my control or other situations in which, like, I don't fully understand the process, therefore I don't necessarily trust the process. But, I don't know, those things don't seem to phase you, and yet it's this question of frying that somehow kind of carries with it this sort of feeling of loss of control for you.
2: Yeah, It's my true Achilles heel.
1: And I imagine your kitchen is pretty well set up. Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah. You know, I have nice cabinets. I have nice cookware. It's a nice kitchen. It's a nice place to be in.
1: Yeah. And the reason why I'm asking is when I think about deep frying, I think about it being about 90% setup and about 10% execution, some of it is just, it's having the right tools on hand. And I just want to kind of like walk through a bit of a mental map of kind of like what I picture. And you tell me if like this reflects the setup that you've at least attempted in the past. Like I think of, you know, a pot that's deep, wide and heavy and not overfilled with oil, but with plenty of like, let's, call it headspace, meaning negative space in the pot to accommodate any bubbling action that might take place. I think about using a spider, meaning a vine mesh strainer or skimmer, as opposed to a slotted spoon. I think of a flat cooling rack inside of a large rimmed baking sheet as a place to land fried items. I think of a deep fat frying thermometer securely clipped to that deep, heavy pot. Does this sort of like reflect what your kitchen looked like, you know, on that fateful day?
2: You know, before I even started any of this, I went out and bought a five and a half quart Le Creuset Dutch oven. I bought a frying thermometer. I got a spider. I have a (laughs) rack bully line so that I could land my food. Here's what happened. My first frying attempt was a donut recipe. Okay. And what happened was, and this is my biggest fear. So my oil was at 350. I put the donuts in and that oil did not the temperature did not go down. Mm -hmm. It just continued to increase. Mm -hmm. So I guess the fearfulness isn't getting the oil up to the temperature where it needs to be, but it's what do I do if when I actually put the food in, if that oil temperature continues to rise? Interesting.
1: Well, I'd say like, certainly temperature recovery is a big issue with deep fat frying, especially with more dense ingredients like fried chicken or mm-hmm. you know, several pieces of battered fish, foods that literally are going to decrease the temperature of the oil because of their sheer mass that you're putting into that oil environment. Now, that said, a donut, especially a yeasted donut, there's very little mass to it, Right. It's going to practically ride on the surface of the oil. It's probably not going to do all that much to influence the temperature of the oil. The key factor there is how you manipulate the heat and simply being comfortable sort of riding the dial, if you will, you know, throughout yeah. the cooking process, allowing for the fact that like it takes a while to get into a bit of a sweet spot. With it. Anywho, I feel like we got to get you back on the frying horse here. And I think this is an amazing problem to have because I think if you just spend a little bit of time with it and if we give you a couple recipes that give you some options and just really make you sort of like face down your fears there, I think you're going to find that it's really just not the intimidating process you might recall.
2: That's great, Chris. I'm excited to take this on. I truly am. I think it's just having a couple of successes that will definitely build the confidence.
1: Totally. I'm going to figure out who a great person would be on staff to bring into this conversation and to come up with some recipes to suggest to you. We'll give you options and you'll choose one ultimately, but hopefully in time you'll work through multiple kind of applications that involve frying. All right. We'll be in touch. Okay, thanks so much, Aruna.
2: Thank you very much.
1: To help Aruna out, I knew I needed help from someone who loves to fry. Because the recipe isn't the only challenge this time. We need to come ready with tips and tricks for Aruna to conquer her fear of frying. Enter Test Kitchen Coordinator Inez Anguiano. Hello. Hey, Inez, it's Chris. Hey, Chris. Inez oversees the Test Kitchen space, recipe cross-testing, which is like the final check that we perform on all recipes, and grocery ordering. She's also a self-proclaimed lover of fried food. So I got her on the phone and gave her the lowdown on Aruna's problem. And also, a little twist I had in mind that would really focus Aruna in on the basics. You know, what's interesting about it is the thing that she was frying at the time was a donut. And, you know, okay, deep frying a turkey, yeah, anything could happen. The displacement of the oil something with a lot of moisture going into a very hot fat filled environment that is can be intimidating but i feel like a donut is a very solid way in and pretty low stakes what do you think
0: no i agree with you i think it's just a matter of just walking her through maybe some tips tricks you know just walking her through what's happening when we're frying donuts what we're looking for what we're going for i'm into that
1: so do you want to pull a donut recipe from the BA archives? Um, maybe I'll do the same and we just kind of go in hard on donuts with her? Yeah, I think that's really the way that we should go about this. Inez and I each spent some time brainstorming the perfect donut recipe to help Aruna return to the fryer. After the break, we'll get her back on the line to give her the tips and encouragement she'll need to make some incredible donuts.
2: Hi friends, I'm Cameron Rogers, mental health advocate, mom of two, content creator and host of Conversations with Cam. This podcast is dedicated to having honest conversations, prioritizing your well-being, and reminding you that no matter what you're feeling, you are not alone. We'll discuss mental health maintenance, the ups and downs of motherhood, the trials and tribulations of life and have a lot of fun along the way. Whether you're knee deep in diapers or just trying to keep your sanity intact, this podcast is for you. Expect laughs, maybe a few tears and hopefully some breakthroughs along the way. Make sure to subscribe and tune in for new episodes of Conversations with Conversations with Cam every Wednesday morning.
1: Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to three percent daily cash on every purchase every day. That's three percent on your favorite products at Apple, two percent on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and one percent on anything you buy with your Titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co/cardcalculator to see how much you can earn. Apple card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dinner SOS. Before the break, Inez and I plotted a way to make Aruna face her frying nerves head on. We'd each offer her donut recipes. Then we called an unsuspecting Aruna up to give her the options. Hi, Aruna. Hi, Chris. Welcome back. So I am joined here by Inez, our wonderful test kitchen coordinator.
0: Hi, Aruna. So nice to meet you. Hi, Inez. Are you going to help me with my fear of frying? I'm so (laughs) confident that we're going to take care of that today. (laughs) We definitely got to get you back on the fryer. You obviously have the capacity, the skill, and the passion, the heart for it. We got you. You're in good hands. Good. I'm
2: anxious to get back on the fry train.
1: We will be your conductors in this <laughs> endeavor. So, Aruna, you know, Inez and I, we chatted, we plotted, we schemed. And what we came up with was we really want you to get back on this specifically with a donut recipe.
0: <laughs> choo
1: choo. <laughs> choo choo.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> All aboard. The donut train. And here's the reason why. From my perspective, there is no better food for you to fry or one to fry oneself than a donut. There's a few reasons for that from my perspective. Number one, it's a pretty quick cooking food and it's easy to reuse that oil. You're not putting a huge amount of cold food into the frying environment such that you would expect to see the temperature dip. Donuts, they're not going to influence the temperature of the oil as much as other foods might also. And I'm about to kick it over to you, Inez, so get ready. You can make just as good a donut, you yourself, as anything you can buy in a store. And part of the reason is there is no joy like a fresh fried donut. Anything you get in a store, almost by definition, has sat even for a short window of time in which something has been lost.
0: I think Chris hit it right on the head in the sense that Aruna only your kitchen can achieve that peak freshness of a donut. Like if you can conceptualize the best donut you've ever had, I can guarantee that whatever you can produce is going to be a fresher, crispier, softer, airier version of that. I guarantee it. I think the thing about donuts too is that, you know, they're super cheap to put together and the possibilities are endless when it comes to homemade donuts. Like everything from the filling to what you're actually constructing the donut. You can go the yeasted way. You can go a more cake way. Like really it's up to you and your comfort level. You know, earlier you mentioned about just like that oil climbing and I fry a lot. I love fried food, but (laughs) no matter how much you do it, there's certain things that you're never going to avoid. You know, even with the best pot, even with your favorite oil. There's just some things with frying that are unavoidable. And that climb is something that you're always going to face. And you know, it's one thing to be really prepared with your tools, but knowing your tips is really important. And especially when you're talking about climbing oil, always having just sort of like cool oil or just something that you can always sort of add to it where you're not completely stopping, but also that you're gradually like addressing the situation so it doesn't also feel like a, you know, frantic emergency.
1: That is a great nearly instant solution for tweaking the temperature.
0: And it never failed me. It really doesn't matter how great of a setup. You know, sometimes the wind is just blowing a little hard that day. The best we can do is to go in there with not only our tools, but our
1: tips. And I think part of why a donut, you know, is a great way back into this world is that you can see the transformation take place from raw to cooked in a very real, very visual oriented way. So, A donut is great because, like, it's all there in front of you. You don't have to do anything other than just, like, flip it once, lift it out of the oil. You're going to see that golden burnished exterior, and um, you're going to know when it's done. All right. (laughs) So, that said, Inez, did you have a recipe or two in mind?
0: Yeah, I had a couple of recipes in mind. We actually have a recipe on Bon Appetit that is for these cardamom cream filled sugar donuts. I really love this recipe. I think that it really is the epitome of deep frying doesn't need to be scary. And I really appreciate it because you're getting the same great taste with the effort of a yeasted dough. But it's a lot less intimidating than a lot of the recipes that we have out there for donuts. Even earlier, how you said that the first recipe you tried out, it was one minute per side. Like that doesn't sound very forgiving to me at all. So this one, at least, you know, it's a couple of minutes per side. So you really do get time to one feel comfortable with getting your dough in there and washing it brown up but also just like you know it really gives you that moment to familiarize yourself with the process and your donuts. Sounds delicious.
1: Do you want to offer a second one? Do you have a cake donut there?
0: Yep. I have a cake donut right here. It is Chris Morocco's lemony glazed cake donut.
1: And that's the one with the yogurt in it, right?
0: This is the one with the yogurt. And then Chris, since this is your recipe, do you want to offer a little insight about these lemony glaze donuts and what's different about them?
1: So that is a cake donut. For all y- y'all in the audience, there's two main tracks of sort of donut making. One is yeasted. All right. So you're relying on yeast to provide like lift and that leavening. And usually that takes the form of an enriched dough, kind of similar to a brioche type dough, something that's got fat and also eggs. Or there's a cake donut, which is going to be chemically leavened with some amount of baking powder and or baking soda. And so the interesting thing about that lemony glazed cake donut, affectionately known as the Yonut, um, (laughs) is that It was trying to answer the question, like, what is the best sour cream donut? Because there is a subset of cake donuts. Like, I'm thinking of Peter Pan Donuts in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, which is so good at this. I'm thinking of Gilly's, formerly known as Presti's going back a couple decades in (laughs) Cleveland, okay, which did a superlative sour cream donut. The tang of the sour cream against that kind of cake-like texture of the donut to me is just the ultimate. I I think I prefer it, honestly, over a yeasted donut. Oh, that's a big statement. You know, who are we if not people who make bold statements um, in public about food? But you know, a cake donut is nice because there's no initial rise, there's no proving. You go from ingredients in a bowl to finished donut in very little time, and That makes it very forgiving to work with and pretty low stakes. Also, I found that yogurt provided like a lightness that sour cream donuts often do not showcase. It is as close as you can get to a yeasted donut in a cake donut kind of vehicle.
0: I agree. I really appreciate the moisture in this one as well for a cake donut. You know, typically you'll find with cake donuts, you get a much denser, like crumble to it. Yeah. You know, so I really do appreciate the lightness, the moisture in that one. It feels like a yeasted donut without all of the work.
1: Anez, I'm counting both of those as kind of being like your ideas. And I have one more donut recipe that I want to just put out there. It's donuts with grapefruit curd and citrus sugar. And I think a curd, you know, it's something that I think can be a little bit off-putting as a technique to folks who are more baking and pastry novices because it's a double boiler setup. You know, it's some tricky transitions in terms of knowing, engaging doneness, but... Wow, I just love curd inside of a donut. And these are really beautiful, really cute. And honestly, like some of those yeasted donut recipes, of which this is obviously one, you know, that moment of seeing the frying process of that dough just right before your eyes is so satisfying. And seeing like that, that pale band around that center line of the donut, which is kind of one of your indicators that it's properly proved, you know? This is just like, it's right there.
0: The fruits of your labor before your very eyes. Exactly,
1: thank you. I just get excited about donuts. And frying should be joyful, you know? I truly believe you've got this.
0: I think we're gonna get some really good results and then we can arrange shipping and you could talk about how you're gonna get them to us. But I have confidence <laughs> in you, Arena. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it. And all three of these sound
1: delicious. I think this is going to be such a slam dunk. You're going to wonder what you've been doing this whole time.
2: Well, I'm so excited to tackle this.
1: We know you have the right setup. You know, if you don't have a thermopen thermometer, this is something that you need. It has a thermocouple in the tip, which gives you a near instant read on the temperature. Whereas your deep fat frying thermometer, it's going to be very slow to react to temperature changes. But a thermopen, it's a game changer. It'll allow you to truly gauge to the degree temperature differences.
0: And then Aruna, just also remember you're in control. This is one of the joys and the greatest things of making donuts at home, frying anything really, but donuts in particular This is one of those things that is produced usually in such quantities. But here, it's one pot. It's just you and the dough. You're looking for your visual cues. Like, it's going to get there. You know, you're really going to watch that skin crisp up, that crust sort of form. This is such an Mm -hmm. intimate experience and a great opportunity for you to ease back into frying.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I'm really excited about it.
1: Hey, and if all else fails, you know, you can just FaceTime one of us while you do it. (laughs) (laughs) And in two to
0: three weeks, we'll be getting a package in the test kitchen Uh. of beautiful, beautiful
1: donuts. (laughs) All right. All Um, right, Aruna. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Thanks very much.
1: So we sent Aruna our recipe options. Inez's suggestions, the yeasted cardamom cream-filled sugar donuts and lemony glazed cake donuts. Plus my suggestion, the donuts with grapefruit curd and citrus sugar. After the break, we'll get Aruna back on the line to find out which recipe she picked and how she's feeling about frying now. Here at Dinner SOS, we love tackling your kitchen issues. But what if I told you there's a way to rescue dinner before it turns into an emergency? With expert insights from the test kitchen, cooking and entertaining tips, and a treasury of over 50,000 recipes, Bon Appetit and Epicurious are your lifelines to rescue any meal. And right now, our listeners can get 20% off an annual digital subscription, including access to the user-friendly Epicurious app. Just use code SOS20 at bonappetit.com. That's SOS20 for a 20% discount on an annual digital subscription to Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Happy cooking. And don't worry, I'll still be here if your dinner plan self destructs. Hi, Aruna. Welcome back. Hi, Chris. Happy New Year. I'm here with Inez. Happy New Year. So, Aruna, I want to get right to it.
2: Okay. What
1: recipe did you pick and how did it go?
2: So the recipe I chose was donuts with citrus sugar and grapefruit curd. Nice. And the reason truly I chose that recipe is because we're huge citrus fans and the grapefruits mm. in the farmers market were just beautiful.
1: Before we hear from Aruna about her frying journey, I just want to quickly walk through how to make the donuts with grapefruit curd and citrus sugar. The first step is to make the curd, which is flavored with both grapefruit and lemon juice and zest. Then you make the citrus sugar coating. Finally, you're ready to make the donuts. You make the dough, knead it, Let it rise, then roll it out and cut it into about two and a half inch rounds. After a second rise comes the fun part, frying. You put your thermometer into your heavy pot and fill the pot with at least two inches of oil. Heat the oil until it's 325 degrees, then fry the donuts about three minutes per side. Take them out and let them cool, then poke a hole in the top of each donut, pipe in the curd. Coat them generously with citrus sugar and try not to eat all of them right away. Or honestly do. It probably is going to be worth it. So getting back in front of your frying setup, turning the heat back on that oil, did you panic? Did you freak out? Like what what was going through your head?
2: So at first I really had trepidations and mostly because I really wanted this to go well. But then I heard your voice saying, look, frying is 90% setup and 10% execution, and frying should be joyful. It should be. And with sort of those two pieces of advice and sort of I felt like a coach on my right shoulder and a coach on my left shoulder... I approached this thing just completely differently. All that nervousness went away and I turned on my oil and I get it up to 325 and I put my first batch of donuts in and the oil goes 335, 345, Mm -hmm. it's approaching 350. And I remember Inez specifically saying, you can't be afraid of the oil temperature going up because it's just going to happen. So I literally just turned the heat off for a minute. I finished frying my first batch. They were perfectly golden brown and poofy, and I turned the heat back on. I fried my second batch. And the entire time, the oil never went below 325 or above 350. So all Hello. again all that panic all that oh no it went from 325 to 345 what do i do i literally i turned the heat off for a minute the donuts came out perfect turned it back on continued frying done
1: ah What an experience.
2: It was so
0: much fun. Yeah, you literally (laughs) embodied the essence of making donuts at home. I think the beauty of it is not only the freshness aspect of it, but just making it your own, even your relationship with the dough. You Mm -hmm. knew exactly what you needed to do to get it where it needed to be. And that's what it's about.
2: Well, it was so much fun. And my husband loved the donuts so much. I mean, the first round, he literally ate four practically warm right wow. out of the fryer. <laughs> that 48 hours later, literally two days later, I did the whole thing again. And the second time I made them, it was like a dance. I mean, the first time I still had some hesitation, wondering how it would go. The second time I just glided through it. And that was Mm. really fun.
1: Isn't it a powerful experience eating a donut that you've fried yourself? (laughs) I mean, like truly and straight up. And I'm not saying this as a developer of this recipe. I'm saying this as from the standpoint of like, have you ever had a fresher or better donut?
2: No, it was more delicious than anything. Like I said, Mitch literally ate four, practically out of the fry. Wow,
0: Aruna, is this your way of telling us we're not going to be shipped any?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, they're way they're gone. all gone. <laughs> oh,
2: they are way gone. I sent photos, mm. so. Hopefully you'll get a chance to take a look at those. And in fact, I made sure to send you a picture of that beautiful little pale band in between the top and the bottom.
1: Hold on, here we go.
2: Oh, Aruna, the photo just dropped. These are
0: spectacular. Yay! Look at
1: that. That band, you know, is is what is showing you that they were beautifully proofed. You know, that you have that, like, great kind of lift and spring of the dough rising in the oil. The color looks perfect. Fantastic. You know, I think they're not too dark and not too pale. They look beautifully light. And I also just love, like, that curd. The way that the curd is kind of standing up just slightly, coming just out of the donut and holding its shape um, more or less. Like I know they were probably got to be a little bit messy to eat once you got more than halfway through one of them, but um, they look wonderful.
0: They're so beautiful. This color is perfect. This body, amazing. I can just tell that this, uh, the exterior has a very nice crisp to it. Mm-hmm. You did such a great job.
2: Oh, thank you.
1: Wonderful.
0: And this plating job with the garnish and the plate, beautiful.
1: <laughs> the mint from my garden. <laughs> I'm just so delighted that you had such a good experience with it and that this will be a gateway to you, frankly, tackling other frying projects. You know, and I think... There's a whole world of things that you can now feel, like, really empowered to do.
0: Oh, I agree. We never doubted you for one minute, Aruna.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, I couldn't have had two better coaches. You guys were so supportive. So sweet. So encouraging. So, yeah, I feel like I'm fearless now. You know, I sort of feel like I can fry anything.
1: So, A yeasted donut helped Aruna conquer her frying fears, but she's not stopping at donuts.
2: I am feeling so confident in this new frying business that I think the next thing I'm going to do is tackle tempura.
1: For more frying tips, check out the Bon Appetit website. We have articles on the best oil for frying, the best all-purpose fry batter, and more. If you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at dinnersos at or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. You can find the donut recipes featured on today's episode, cardamom cream filled sugar donuts, lemony glazed cake donuts, and the donuts with grapefruit curd and citrus sugar, plus the rest of the Bon Appetit recipe archive on the new Epicurious app, brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the App Store and download today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice, and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Condé Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Inez Anguiano. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Leah Kasher is our assistant producer. Jake Lewis is our studio engineer. Amar Lal makes this episode. Next week, when a new allergy takes dairy off the menu, what's a creamy pasta lover to do?
2: I used to be able to tolerate like any type of cheese, and I... Can't anymore, which is devastating because I love cheese so much.
1: You listening to this, Inez? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, talk about preparation. <laughs> <laughs> there are operating rooms less prepared than Aruna was that day.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was Dr. Donut that
1: day. <laughs> Did you know that kids eat 1,095 meals every year each? Not even counting snacks. Honestly, being responsible for all those meals kind of sucks sometimes. But we've found a resource that actually helps and is funny too. Didn't I Just Feed You is a weekly podcast about feeding families hosted by two longtime food professionals, Stacey Billis and Megan Splawn. These ladies are not afraid to be candid and get real because as working moms, they know how hard it is to feed a family night after night. They joined me on an episode of Dinner SOS but their show covers this topic week after week. From how to turn nachos into a legit family dinner to the magic of meatballs, solving the afterschool snack problem to the mental load of being the family cook, they talk about it all, offering shortcuts, pro tips, techniques, and recipes along the way. Find Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. New episodes publish every Monday. You can also find Stacy and Megan on Instagram as at didn't I just feed you.